This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back to AMI Audio Live as we celebrate CNIB's centennial. Myself, alongside my co-host, Jesse Archambault from AMI-Tele, I am Dave Brown. Of course, I should introduce myself, although for those of you who are familiar with AMI-audio, by this point of the day, you're probably sick of my voice. (laughs) Never. Never, Dave. (laughs) Now, our devoted AMI-audio listeners have been listening to an incredible segment that's been ongoing for almost a year now on Kelly & Company with Jane Beaumont, the archivist for the CNIB, who was tasked with going into the research and learning about the last hundred years of the CNIB. And Jane, of course, is at the party tonight here in Ottawa, and she joins us at the table now. Hello, Jane. Hi, Dave. It's good to meet you and Jeff. Hey. Hi. So you've been working on this for over a year now. A couple of years, I think. A couple of years, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've probably found some surprising facts or artifacts oh, yeah. even about the CNIB. Can you share some examples with sure. us? Sure. So this is all because we created an exhibit called That All May Read, and it's available at thatallmayread.ca, and it's bilingual and accessible. And we, it turned out that in, our, in Toronto we had an amazing collection of things and there were some surprises there. There were things, there was actually some, not really related to CNIB, but some carvings by our founder, Edwin Baker. And then at the exhibit here today, we've got some wonderful handmade braille learning tools. The pegs are hand, are hand carved and the, the board is hand carved. Um, and we found wonderful old machines that um, there aren't many people around now who even remember how to use some of these machines. <laughs> And I've seen, I saw in the far, over there on the table, mm-hmm. there's a teddy bear. What's uh, with the teddy bear? Uh, the teddy bear is Spinoza, and that was in the 1990s, I think. It was for children, and if you turn it upside down and unzip its backside, there's actually a Walkman in there, and you could put a book in. And, an audio book. Uh, an audio book, and then children would learn to, um, they'd press the red button on Spinoza's tummy, and they would get their book. Um, it, we, they were very popular. We, they're all across the country. Oh, with a certain generation who were little in the 1990s. <laughs> and where have you been finding all this information about well, the history of CNIB? Uh, well, most of, the, most of the information, it turned out that the Library and Archives Canada here in Ottawa has our archives. So all of the paper from when the library was founded in 1906 right through the founding of CNIB and up until about 1980 is here in, in Ottawa. So my colleague Wendy wrote the story for that all may read and she, both of us spent hours reading the files and the amazing in those days people wrote they wrote to each other all the time so we've got amazing correspondence right up the week the day after the Halifax explosion our librarian wrote to say he would do whatever he could to help it's just it's fascinating if you like history it's wonderful oh I love history <laughs> oh well. the, the National Archives is actually one of my yeah. favorite buildings oh it's great yes <laughs> well I've come to really appreciate it <laughs> And uh, what is the importance of understanding the history uh, in order to 
to go forward in terms it's, of the CNIB. Well, it's interesting you should say that. I, I have discovered there are some people who care less about history, and that's okay. <laughs> and those of us who do care find it really interesting, and it does inform the future. And I like to think that what we have done in, to, to record the history is actually informing the people who are running CNIB and are taking it into the future. So it is important, and we've learned... Um, We've learned so much, and we've probably learned from the mistakes as well. So I, I do believe it's really important. And is there anything that we can find today here at the National War Museum uh, that would make it into the archives for CNIB Ooh. for 100 years yes, from now? I, I'm thinking about that, actually. <laughs> and I'm worrying about preserving even photographs and things from here. Um, no, because actually we, my exhibit, our exhibit comes up to a few years ago and then there's a very high tech exhibit over on the other side um, and some of that will certainly be there and I, actually I hope they do hang on to some of the equipment because I, that's probably the stuff that's here that we're going to forget about if we don't keep some of it uh, the, the new high tech yeah Jane, it's one of those interesting questions because the work of an archivist kind of never stops because history is perpetually being made. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, I wonder at what point you can actually find some satiation in the pro project or when you feel like, okay, we finally hit that cornerstone or, or that landmark. You can't, can you? No, you're never going to do that. And in fact, somewhere over by our exhibit is the archivist from Library and Archives Canada who looks after our materials. We're about to send a, probably the, the last 20 years of paper records and now we need to start worrying about saving the digital records because um, we're not near, in not nearly as good a shape. And I'm so grateful to the former CNIB people who did save and organize our papers. I'd say that's a whole new kettle of fish, but I suppose to keep the lingo more modern, it's a whole new cloud of fish. <laughs> no, no, the fish are not in clouds. <laughs> You're going to have to think of another one. Oh, you caught me again, Jane. I you did. You caught me again. Jane Beaumont is the CNIB archivist. Jane, thanks so much for being here and talking to us today. and Enjoy the party tonight. I am. I will. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's awesome. As Thank mentioned, you. Jane Thanks. Beaumont is the CNIB archivist and a past chair of the CNIB National Board of Directors. Uh, Jesse... The, the parade of amazing guests never ends. It never does. Because just in front of us, we're joined by another one of the vice presidents within the CNIB. It's Diane Bergeron, of course, in the Ottawa area. Uh, you always find Diane around doing amazing work. <laughs> Diane, welcome to the program. We really appreciate you stopping by. Oh, thanks for having me on. So I guess the question that we ask kind of everybody, especially those of you involved at the CNIB, how does it feel now that we kind of see this party coming together, celebrating 100? You know, it, it's been absolutely amazing for me. Um, I mean, I've been a part of the organizing committee uh, for this event itself. Um, we worked very closely with the Canadian Mint, of course, on the commemorative coin. So I was very excited to be able to see the finished product. That's very exciting. And just having all these people here to celebrate something so monumental, something so exciting. Um, is really giving me a sense of excitement, not just for where we've come from, but thinking, wow, like all these people are going to be a part of our future. And, and the, the energy that's in this room really gives me the idea that we've got some really bold and bright future things coming. And speaking about the future, uh, where, where do you think CNIB will be 100 years from now on its 200th anniversary? You know, I, I think we're going to be somewhere where, so I've got, I've got these thoughts in my head around things like, you know, delivery of, um, of accessible materials. You're not even going to need a machine. You're just going to think about what you want, and suddenly it's going to be in your head. 
right? Mm. There's going to be so much technology. People aren't going to need to have taxis. They're going to be in their self-driving vehicles or maybe little pods flying around. I don't know, but it's going to be accessible and the world is going to be amazing for people who are blind. Diane, even as we keep making progress with accessibility at provincial levels and federal levels, we still know there are setbacks along the way. I mean, you were quoted in a newspaper article not too long ago, about a week and a half ago, about some setbacks about accessible material not being provided to you, even when it was requested. So why is it so critical that we keep putting people's feet to the fire in continually trying to improve accessibility? Now, I truly, truly believe that nobody gets up in the morning and thinks, I wonder what I can do today to put up a barrier for somebody with a disability. That's not happening, right? People do it because they don't know. And unless we inform them and make sure that we keep them accountable for that, how are they supposed to improve? How are they supposed to know? They can't read our minds yet. That's 200. That's another 100 years from now. But they can't read it yet. So we really need to be on them and telling them this is what is going to help us. Not if This is not to be nice to us. This is not a, just a feel-good thing. This is what we need to be a contributing member of society. And when you remove those barriers, there is absolutely no limits. Like the governor general said, the sky isn't even in the limits, right? I mean, one of these days, we're going to have a blind person in space, right? That would be awesome. Oh, let it be me. Yes. Let it be <laughs> let me. It be you. I have yeah, to get in better shape before they send me up, though. It's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I like my feet on the ground. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Along along those lines, Diane, because we know about a lot of that amazing work you do in terms of government relations and strategic engagement, but I also know that that you're engaged heavily in the social side of of the CNIB as well. In fact, a few years ago, you and I crossed paths at Lake Joe, yes. and it was a great opportunity to meet some of both the young up-and-comers of the low-vision community, but it was a chance to enjoy and unwind and relax. So what's the importance of that balance for the CNIB between those high-level engagements, but also engaging with the community, and also just, come on, having some fun? You know, I, I truly believe that if you can't have fun at what you're doing, then what's the point, right? And and Lake Joe is amazing. When I get to the young people, and, and I for it seems like for my entire career, whether it's with CNIB or the government of Alberta or the city of Edmonton, they always seem to put me with the youth councils. And I tend to think it's because I'm immature enough to have the personality that can, can have fun with young people. But I always feel like when I'm around young people, they have no they have no limits in their lives they are they're like sponges and if we can be, work with them at lake joe and teach them you know they're so exciting when you take a, a child a blind or visually impaired child and they've never swam before and they they put their face in the water for the first time it's so exciting you know or you get them up on water skis or put them on a tandem bike or something it's just it's one of those things that it's just high energy and it's all new and it's this world of opening and understanding that there are no limits. And so I really get energy from that. So that's why I like to get down into the into the front, you know, into the trenches and have some fun and, and really enjoy it. You know, the high-level stuff, strategic planning and dealing with legislation, regulation, policy, advocacy, all that stuff, you know, international development, it's very exciting and very, very rewarding. But when you help a child for the first time learn a new skill, it's like you're opening up their entire life, and that's just, there's nothing like that. That's awesome. That was well said. Very well nice. said. Uh, we have time for about uh, maybe one more quick question. Uh, Jesse, you want to throw one out there? Or, uh... what, are, what are your plans coming up now for CNIB? One plan for CNIB? <laughs> Uh, You're you know, coming up plan. <laughs> you know, moving forward, I, I think that CNIB is, we are looking at being bold. We are looking at taking risks. 
And we are going to be out there trying to move and shake Canada for people who are blind or partially sighted. There is not going to be a sitting back taking any time off, <laughs> except maybe tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow. After we, the party. Yeah. After the party, yes. <laughs> we can all take tomorrow off. Hey, Diane, thanks so much for stopping by and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, let's, as you said, let's have some fun. Let's let you enjoy the party, and uh, we'll keep the show moving on. We'll, we'll, right. carry, we'll carry the mantle for the next 45 minutes or so. <laughs> okay, thanks very much. <laughs> enjoy you. it. Diane Bergeron, she is one of the uh, VPs with the CNI and, of course, a, a major player when it comes to engagement, strategic engagement, and uh, in relations with uh, various levels of government. Always love chatting with Diane. Had a great Thank time uh, meeting her at Lake Joe a couple of years ago. Coming up after the break, we keep this we keep this AMI Audio Live party going. We talk about Blind Square. We talk about technology. Maybe even talk a little bit about guide dogs. Who knows? The adventure never conti- always continues here at AMI Audio Live. We are celebrating CNIB's 100. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of the conversation, use the hashtag. That's the number sign, CNIB100, CNIB100. We want you to be involved in the conversation all night long. And don't forget, our friends at Kelly and Company are setting up shop in Regina for another very special AMI Audio Live broadcast. That's at 7.30 Eastern Time right here on AMI Audio. In the meantime, I'm Dave Brown alongside Jesse Archambault. We'll be back in a flash. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. I'm Margaret Shepherd of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Shaun of the Shed wherever you find 
or your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.